Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast, as we explore the mind of former MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. On this episode of the Boone Podcast, Brett sits down with five-time Pro Bowl wide receiver, Mark Clayton. All right, let's do this! And now, here's your host, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by a five-time Pro Bowler. Led all NFL receivers in touchdowns two separate times and is a member of the Miami Dolphins Honor Roll. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Clayton. Mark, thanks for coming on the program. Hey, Brett. Thanks for having me, man. I, I appreciate you inviting me. I saw something pretty cool. We got something in common. And and I want to know if you had the same take. Uh Back in the day, Sports Illustrated was a big deal, and it was a big deal uh, to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And I remember 2001, I was on the cover. You were on it in 1984. But I remember getting the phone call, and they said, uh, yeah, SI wants to do a, a shoot with you, and you're going to be on the cover. And I thought, you know, growing up as a kid, I'd see everybody when they're like, oh, man, the cover of Sports Illustrated. That's cool. And I remember. I remember getting the phone call, shocked, never thinking that I'd ever be. But at the time, especially the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, when you got that, it was kind of like an honor. And I was just thinking, this is really cool. I was in the middle of, a, of having a great year. My team, more importantly, was having an unbelievable season. But I thought it was pretty cool. And, and I saw you had donned the cover. And I thought, I'm coming out of the shoot. I'm going to ask Mark if he had the same reaction I did. Well, well, Brad, that's funny that, that, that you even bring that, 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 uh, article about the cover of the sports history because I can remember it vividly. Uh, we were playing, that was opening day. We were playing the Redskins, uh, now the Daryl Green. Daryl Green. Uh, uh, yes. And, and Dan Marino was having an unbelievable game. And that particular game, he threw five touchdown passes right there. He threw uh, two to Duke Mark Duper. He threw two to Jim Jensen and then threw the one to me. And, you know, although I, I never even really even – I didn't think too much about the cover of Sports Illustrated back then and stuff. But, you know, I've always uh, – was a big Sports Illustrated fan, so I've always – saw the covers of, of the people that donned those those particular covers and stuff but uh, uh i never really even dreamt about being on the cover but 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 then uh when they finally decided that that they were gonna um put me on the cover i was like wow really you know i, I thought that was pretty cool then because you know i said well dang i didn't even catch the most touchdowns i didn't even have the most yards that game or anything but uh I got lucky and uh, and got to be on the cover and and Daryl Green he he kids me about it all the time he says he said man why'd you have to catch that on me like that I said man um, didn't they wasn't they paying you to stop me he said yeah I said well they was paying me to catch it too <laughs> that's right that's right and it's always you always got that over him too you were on the cover but but for the wrong reasons I was on for the right <laughs> but that's um, true we won the game and everything that's right so that's, that's right we won cool. I'm scoring you're giving up a score. <laughs> Um, yeah. A young Mark Clayton grew up in, I believe you were born in Indianapolis. Uh, what was a young, what, what was a young Mark Clayton like? What'd you like? Was it always football? Did you play other sports? I, I was, I, I played other sports. I was, uh, um, I, I lettered in three, three years in basketball in high school. I lettered four years in track. Um, 
and then football. But you know, I I, I really thought Brett that that football that basketball was my sport. I thought it was until uh, obviously uh, when I came out and I didn't grow any taller than five nine. I I thought that uh there goes my my basketball chances right. But uh, um so I went ahead and and concentrated well. By default, I concentrated on football and only got two scholarship offers coming out of high school because I was I was very small. I was uh, 150 pounds my senior year in high school, and nobody was interested in a 5'9", 150-pound, you know, running back, quarterback, wide receiver, defensive back. So nobody was interested in nobody of that size and stature. But uh, just so happened there was a guy that lived in Indianapolis who was a U of L alumni that, that had really nothing to do with the with the university besides being a, a graduate from there. Uh, his name was Rudy Mueller, and he's the one that that put Louisville on 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 me. So. Uh, didn't get much fanfare besides Louisville and Indiana State was my other uh, scholarship offer, but uh, I had the grades. I could have went anywhere. I, I had an a, a outstanding uh, high school football career. I, I lost a total of five games my whole career in high school. So we was on winning teams, and we're, we wasn't in a class division like they do now, like 4A, 5A, 6A, things like that based on – the uh, um, uh, enrollment of your of your school now that they do it, but you know, so they just threw us in there with the big boys. I went to a uh, private high school. My mom busted her behind, you know, raising three boys, and and I was the only one to go to a private school which she had to pay for. So, you know, but um, it all worked out, man. Uh, I think God has everything in plan for everybody their steps are ordered and everything worked out and and i got a chance uh my mom passed in 2010 before she passed so i got a chance when i was planning to to retire her and me take care of her so you know it, that that was the best thing out of all that that could have came out of that right there so i'm very thankful and grateful to have that opportunity to even play in the nfl but really more importantly to then that is to be able to take care of my mom who worked her tail off to take care of me and my two brothers. Yeah, that's very cool. And it's amazing. You know, the more and more uh, of the shows that I do, it, it, you, it, it's funny. It's everybody comes to the same thing because, um, Mark, like you, I, I was height challenged. You know, that kind of is what took me out of the football <laughs> game. After eighth grade, you know, I checked in as a freshman in high school, and I think I was five foot like a buck of weight. And I'm going, <laughs> well, I, probably football's not for me. You know, probably football, I'm just waiting to hit puberty here. But it's funny because the, the more guys I interview, it – a lot of us have the same thing. Well, basketball, I loved. It was my favorite. Well, I always loved baseball. I knew that that was my best sport, but I couldn't get enough of the hoops. And, and uh, yep. you know, it was like after school. You know, I'd have baseball mm-hmm. practice. Then I'd come home, and I'd go to the local gym and shoot and get into a local pickup <laughs> game, you know, with the businessmen. I, I just loved hoops. But the writing was on the wall. You know, I got to my sophomore year, my junior year. Now I, I'm finally at my peak 5'10". I'm probably 5'9 now as I'm getting older. I kind of realized, you know, 
I love basketball, but I don't think that's going to pay the bills going forward. But it's amazing. A, a lot of the athletes that come on this program, they all have the same thing. I loved hoops and, and it just wasn't in the cards until the time I had Muggsy Bogues on. And I said, Bogsy, you're 5-3. I said, how the hell <laughs> – how the hell are you going to play in the in the NBA? And uh, man, he did it. I mean, but that's the obviously the rare rare exception. But yeah, hoops. It seems like a lot of the uh, of the athletes that pursued other careers, it was always hoops for them. All right, enough about me and and my stories. Um, you went to the University of Louisville from from nineteen seventy nine to eighty two. Um, I know I know your senior year, you almost you, you almost had twelve hundred yards. I've got a question. You're coming out of your senior year. What are you thinking? What's Mark Clayton thinking at the time? What are you thinking draft-wise? Did you go to the combine? Uh, what's What's in your future? Well, Brett, it's, 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 it's a very interesting story, man. I, I have to honestly say that uh, I never really even thought about the NFL until um, the end of my junior year at University of Louisville, and that was – because of uh, my position coach, his name is Richard Mann, who uh, um, he coached at Arizona State before he got to to Louisville, and and when at his stop there, he coached uh, John Jefferson, the receiver, right, and he was in the NFL. But upon his exit meeting with me, he said, "Son," he said, "I'm leaving to go coach the Baltimore Colts." Then he said, "He said, but let me tell you something." He said, man, I've been around this, this football for a long time. He said, and you got what it takes to play on the next level. Seed planted right there. He said, if you work your butt off and you keep your mouth closed, he said, I'm going to see you playing on Sundays, right? So up until then, I wasn't thinking about the NFL. And, and Louisville, we wasn't no passing team there. So I'm like, wow, what the hell is he talking about, man? I only caught like maybe about maybe 20 passes the whole season my junior year. But uh, I guess he knew. So, but, so my senior year, I busted my butt. I worked my, I mean, I worked my tail off, man, to really, to really try to give myself an opportunity to, to, to play on the next level. And, and back then they had two scouting combines. They had one in Detroit, and then they had the other one in Tampa. Totally different from the way they do things now today, when they kind of bring you there and they work you all the way out. But back then, you the combine really, the, the, the events that consisted of a combine back then was, you know, your 40, your vertical, your your shuttles, your standing vertical, just basically the things that they have there now. But, but see, now they, they have you catching passes. I didn't do any of that. They have you running routes. They have you doing all kinds of things at the combines today. But I didn't do that. I only got – I only got invited to one one combine out of the two, even though I, I put up those numbers that I put up my senior year. And to top that all, uh, Brett, I had a serious boulder, you know, when it all comes down on my on my shoulder because the year that I had my senior year there, I didn't even get invited to the East West Shrine game, the Hula Bowl game, the Senior Bowl game, the the, the uh, East West game. Nothing for post. Uh, post All Star games for seniors. I got a, no invites to play in none of those. 
So I, you know, I was like, wow, I'm still getting, you know, disrespect, even though my numbers are, the, I think the only person that had more uh, better numbers than me or yards than me coming out was Henry Eller my senior year. But I still averaged almost 21 yards a catch my seniors and still get got no love from the from the uh, uh from the nfl but the scouts would come there they came there to work me out and frank minifield out and uh um they were saying that i was going to get drafted somewhere in between the fourth and the sixth round so i you know i said okay well i can go for that and stuff you know based on the fact that i had never played in any of the postseason uh uh all-star games so the fourth round you know i'm gonna go there and see whoever drafts me i'm gonna go there and, and and do my best so draft day comes around and and uh, still, you know, it's it's not as publicized as it is now. You know, the rounds. I think they only maybe had one or two rounds on TV then. But I went out, so I went out to the park the draft day after the, you know, the first round went out to the park. It was a beautiful day in Louisville. I come back to my apartment to to go out to Gary get dressed to go out to a club, and then that's when I get the call from. Uh, uh, from the Dolphins and Albert DeBinion, who was the scout for the Dolphins then, and he was on the phone first. And you know, I, I grabbed the dresser right before the answering machine picked up, and he was he said, "Hey, Mark, this Doobie." He says, uh, uh, "I told you we were gonna get you." I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, I, "He said, he said I told you we were gonna. I was gonna get them to, to draft you." He said, "Hold on for a second. So then he put Coach Shula on the phone. He said, "Hey, where you been?" And I was really just blown away then because I was like, "Wow, I got drafted in the eighth round, mind you, you know." But uh, hey, it all worked out for the best, man, because it, it made me go there, and, and I was really just even more determined and hungry to show them that, that I can play with the big boys. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool. And, and you mentioned uh, Jefferson, man, that brings me back to when I was a kid and I used to watch all you guys. I watched Clayton and Duper and Marino. And then on, on, uh, on the West coast, that's when Fouts was playing. And, and I think it was Jefferson and Joyner and, yeah, I mean those were those were the that's that was the greatest show in town. That was the greatest show in town. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, West Chandler. You, know, you mentioned those guys. Yeah, West Chandler. I remember. Um, you talk about the combines. It, it's really interesting because just recently, uh, Major League Baseball, and it seems like Major League Baseball follows the NFL. You know, the draft the draft in the NFL has always been like the big event, and it's even gotten bigger as time goes on and it's a big production well now major league baseball is starting to do their draft on tv and it's you know you could tell it's behind the nfl because i think they're different sport the the differences in sports is huge football is so much based on speed and and strength uh whereas baseball yeah you, you've got to have a certain amount but it all comes down can you hit or can you not hit it was interesting going to this recent combine i did it for for major league for mlb network and I went into it thinking, wow, baseball is now trying to do this combine. And they're doing the same stuff the football guys are. They're doing, you know, your vertical and your long jump. And I'm going, well, how is this going to see if this guy can hit a breaking ball at, at, at even an A ball <laughs> level? But it's interesting to see, right. you know, it's interesting to see where sports is going 
in in all the major sports. So uh, it, it was pretty cool to see and see these young guys. And man, the physicality, it's it's getting more and more as we go. These these young kids now, 18, 17 years old, I'm seeing them at shortstops and they're all they're all got cannons. And I'm sitting there. I don't remember the guys, you know, when I was coming out in 1987, I don't remember the guys having arms like these guys have. But uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting. And, and, and it brings me back to uh to my childhood a little bit. Uh, you, like you said, you're an eighth-round pick. Uh, you're going to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you're going to legendary. You mentioned, you mentioned it when you got the phone call. Don Chula jumps on the phone call, one of the, one of the greatest NFL managers of all time. Uh, I believe Marino's a rookie with you in that 83 class. He came in the first round, yes. And it, I, mind you, I, did, I meant to throw this in there, the reason why I probably got drafted in the eighth round too as well, Brett. It didn't. It didn't help me none that, that when I got there and I ran my only forty that I ran. I ran a four six, which is not going to blow by anybody. <laughs> right. Uh, and you, play, I, I think you played. I think you played against uh, Marino in college, didn't you? I did. We played him my junior senior year, there, and he he lit us up. But um, I used to marvel at him down there throwing when he we go play when and play Pitt. I was like, if I had a quarterback like that, I'd be all American. And 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 uh, I was like, boy, if I wish I could play with a quarterback like that, bam! I'll be careful what you wish for. Did you when you got the phone call and then you realized when you had time to take it all in? Because I remember draft day and it, it was kind of bittersweet for me. I was like you. You were an eighth round pick. I was a fifth round pick. But man, I thought I was going to be a first round or a second round pick. So once you get past the initial, you know, deciphering of what just happened, then I kind of look at the big picture. All right. Now it's time to go to work. If, if I'm not good mm-hmm. enough, it's not going to matter where I'm drafted anyway. Mm-hmm. Did you? you do a similar thing and think like you said you played against dan your junior senior when it all when the dust settled did you sit there and think wow marino's going to be my quarterback that guy and did that add some some excitement to you like wow this could be a special uh connection here no question about that after like you said after the the first initial like wow i got drafted i'm going to the nfl hey they drafted marino too hey we're going to be rookies together. And and then when we got down there, and uh, like I said, I, I, we talked, we got to talking to each other and stuff, and we talked about uh, playing against each other in college. But then Dan was on the same, at the same depth chart, on the same depth chart position as I was. So when I went, he was the quarterback. So every time we worked our way up the depth chart together, right, so, so you know, we got the uh, early bonding together coming out because, like I said, we were – I tell people, I said, we were on the fifth string together, and we worked our way up to the first string. <laughs> that's that's uh, pretty did, that, That's pretty I, cool, though, and, and to be able to, to grow with a guy you're going to be working. I always think about mm-hmm. the relationship uh, mm-hmm. that you have with a quarterback. When I watch the NFL, I, you know, it's that subtle look, that eye movement, and and I try to think, all right, how can I compare that to a baseball situation? Well, the relationship at second base that I have with my shortstop around the bag, Absolutely. just that look, that wink, that trust that we have in one another. And, and I've had mm-hmm. some great I had some great shortstops in my career, but I had some ones that really I wasn't on that wavelength with. And there's a real difference when you don't have mm-hmm. that 
that, hey, I'm going to I'm going to freewheel it here. I'm going to try to do something great. And you got to be with mm-hmm. me on this. It, and when mm-hmm. the guy was with me, man, it, it was like poetry in motion. And when the guy wasn't, yeah. it, usually good things didn't happen. Uh, That's right. And and you got to do it for a long time with the same guy, and and obviously mm-hmm. one of the great mm-hmm. one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Ooh. When you when you got to camp, and uh, I had a few guys that did this for me. The difference between baseball is we go through the minor leagues; you go straight to the top level. Did you have a guy that stepped up for you and took you under his wing? Oh, no question about that, man. I it was a couple guys on the team. They really, really was so unselfish with that knowledge, Brad. It was just—it's just ridiculous, man. And I—I I owe a lot of my success to those two guys, uh, Nat Moore and Jimmy Cephalo. Unbelievable, man. That's they when they say you know you got to pay it forward and pass it down, man. They did that, man. But then on the flip side, then you had another guy that I played with too that wasn't, you know, so nice and he wasn't so forthcoming and and so unselfish with his knowledge and he was just the opposite. He'd say, don't ask me. Go ask your coach. I ain't your coach. And then he'd tell me, hey, Rook. He'd say, I was was here when you came and I'm going to be here when you're gone. Don't ask me nothing. So that was one of those those players too like that too but you know so i know who i'm glad i I knew who to steer away away from but you know nat moore and jimmy cephalo was just unbelievable man i i like i said i owe a lot of my success to those two guys right there because they were unbelievably unselfish with their knowledge of the game 83 you start your career uh you're, you're pretty much a punt returner for the most part you return 60 punts one touchdown. You got you you got some plays in on offense, but by no means were uh, were you that main guy. That, that, that didn't happen in the next year when uh, when you're an All Pro, Pro Bowler, uh, and and we'll get to '84 being pretty special year. Your second year out after the '83 season and your initial uh, time through the league, going into the '84 mm-hmm. season, did you have goals and what were you, what were your thoughts after that '83 season? Well, I, my goal was just really just to be, be a starter right there. And, 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 and one of the guys I named, Nat Moore, he, we used to play in the basketball, um, playing like a little basketball, uh, charity basketball games during the off season against the fire departments, police department, local pile clubs and stuff like that. Right. And so, so Nat, he says, uh, we were playing somewhere up in northern Florida, like maybe Gainesville or Tallahassee somewhere, Orlando somewhere there. He said, he said, I'm playing in a game this weekend. He said, I want you to ride with me. So I said, okay, cool. So I, I rode with him. He said, he said, listen here, this is what's about to happen. Because Nat had been on the team probably like maybe about maybe 11, 12 years then at that time right there, some 10 or 11 years, something like that. So he said, this was about to happen. He said, he said, you and Duper are, cause see, Duper and Dan started, uh, like the fourth or fifth game of, of my rookie season, Dan's rookie season, but Duper's second season, right? Mm-hmm. So, so he said, this is what's going to happen. You and Duper are getting ready to be the starters around here. He said, he said, and definitely my job is to really, uh, teach y'all everything I know. He said, he said, I don't mind teaching you everything I know. He said, I don't care about being a starter. He said, I've, I've been a starter. He said, I don't care about being a starter. He said, what, what me, what I'm about to do by teaching you guys everything I know, he said, you guys are going to uh, prolong my career. He said, he said, I can come in and play, um, 20, 25 plays a game. He said, I can do that easy. 
you know, he said, he said, let y'all just go ahead and, 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 and do the, do the heavy lifting. He said, I come in on third down. He said, it doesn't matter to me. And so, and then everything he said, you know, it went down just like he said, man. And I, but then after he told me that right there, I went from, you know, thinking that, hey, my goal was to be a starter, was the next goal was I want to win the Super Bowl. That's, that was before any individual accolades even and numbers came. Like, I want to win. I want to win it all. I want to win it all. That's my first number one goal. And and then after that, then, you know, 1,000 yards, you know, I never really put really, really had no numbers really etched out in my mind that I really wanted to accomplish. I just was going out there just playing football. I just wanted to win, win games, that's all, and let everything else fall into place as they did. And I've never been one to really be concerned with my numbers. That's why I went ahead and retired when I did without thinking about the numbers. But thinking about now, you know, if I'd have known what I know now and stuff, I may have went ahead and kept playing, and, and I would have tried to get at least 100 career touchdown catches because I think that they arguably couldn't deny me the Hall of Fame that they've been denying me for so many years now. But I would have played until I, I got 100 touchdowns. But uh, um, that's neither here nor there. I didn't get 100, but um, I, I got a pretty good number. 84 is pretty good. That still ranks me in the top 20. In, in the league and in, in history. So, you know, and I've been retired 27 years. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? In each sports, there's kind of those, those, uh, those magic numbers, like you said, a hundred, a hundred touchdowns, you know, uh, baseball, mm-hmm. it, it's at three it, it, for so long, although baseball is changing now with the analytics, but so long it was at 3000 hits. It's at 500 homers. It was a th- 300 career average. Those are changing a little bit with, with the analytics, especially on the pitching side of things. It's not about wins and losses anymore. It's about uh, ERA and, and war. You know, ERA has always kind of been uh, the number I looked at when talking about a pitcher. But, yeah, you're right. It, it is interesting. At 1984, uh, after losing to Seattle uh, in 83 in the playoffs, 1984, wow. You go from not a starter returning punts to you catch 18 touchdowns. You lead the league in yards. You get that that goal you're chasing, which is get to that Super Bowl. And uh, Super Bowl 19, you end up playing against the 49ers. What a, what a matchup that was. Wow. Um, what clicked for you? I mean, you didn't just go from uh, returning punts to, I, I am a starter, had a, had a pretty good year. You go from returning punts to all pro, pro bowl in the Super Bowl, leading the, leading the league. Pretty pretty overnight yeah. superstardom. What clicked? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, it was just the whole chemistry and the magic that, that that we had as an offensive unit, man. Everybody, man, we just clicked. Everybody's on the same page from the linemen to the backs. I mean, you know, because you know people want to talk about and label people goats, man. But I don't, I don't label anybody that's playing a team sport a goat because it takes everybody doing their job for you for everybody to, to look good doing their job. So, but it, like I said, that, what clicked for us, man, we just, as a whole offensive unit, man, we just felt very confident in, in our abilities. We were well prepared in every game that, that we played in, you know, compliments to Coach Shula, man, and um, 
Man, that's that's all I can say, man. We just really just was everybody was just on the same page, and it was just magical that year. And you know, when everybody's on the same page and you got that cohesiveness and that chemistry of one another, you're gonna look good. Everybody's gonna look good. Dan looked good. The offensive line don't get no credit, but hell, that we couldn't have, he couldn't have done and threw for all the yards and touchdowns he threw for without that offensive line giving him that kind of protection and time. First of all, but uh, um, man, it was just. Just a magical season, man. I, I just, you know, I don't. That's all I can really say about that. You know, I don't think it was anything in particular that this or that that clicked, man. Everybody's just out there, just uh, um, busting their behind and 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 doing what they they enjoyed to do, and that was play football. Super Bowl week. Um, I I, got, I was lucky enough. I got to go to one World Series. We got whooped by the Yankees, but I got to go. There's nothing like it. Uh, Super Bowl, I think maybe even a step better because there's so uh, as far as notoriety. I mean, there's a build up to it. It's it's one game, and it's two weeks to build up to that one game. It was uh, one week. Now. It was one. Yeah, week it, it was one week back then. Now it's two weeks. It's it's even a bigger mm-hmm. spectacle. But all it eyes is. are on that Super Bowl still to this day. You know, probably the number. It's mm-hmm. the number one rated uh, sporting event uh, watched by the world. Uh, that week leading up to the Super Bowl, everything it's cracked up to be. And and when you stepped on that field uh, right before opening kick, did you kind of look around? I remember it was in Yankee Stadium, and I remember looking around, and I played a million games at Yankee Stadium, but I'd never been in, uh, in a World Series at Yankee Stadium. And there was something hmm. different. There was something in the air. There was something something special going on, and, and, and I could close my eyes and feel it. How about you, first Super Bowl? Oh, no question, man. First and only Super Bowl, man. I just, man, just, just really after the AFC championship game, after we beat the Steelers to advance to the Super Bowl, I was like, wow, we're going to the damn Super Bowl. I'm going to play in a Super Bowl, you know. And I, I know that everybody who plays in the NFL, they don't, they don't have that opportunity to play in the, in the winner-take-all game, you know. But I felt like, wow, man, and, you know, I'm going to play in the Super Bowl in my second year in the league, man. And then we got there, and the game we played it right in the damn 49ers' backyard at Palo Alto and Stanford Stadium, that old raggedy-ass stadium. <laughs> uh, you know, they, we, we, they got to stay at home, you know, in their, in their bed, sleep in their bed. We had to go there and got swamped by all the fans at the hotel. You know, it's 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 a even a bigger spectacle now than it was back then. But it was big at that time on that level that it has been on. But uh, um, man, but I remember they was introducing the the starters for that game, and I just like looked around and I was like, wow. But then I just my focus went right back to like, man, I want to win this. I had a button that somebody had made me. They said, we are the champions. I was ready to break that button out. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling. And like I said, I got there within my second year. And even though after the game we lost, I said, that's all right, though. You know, that was the first one, and then that was in my second season. I'm going to play in plenty more of these Super Bowls, and I'm going to win at least one or two more. That's what my thinking was. And then the next year – we got to the AFC championship, uh, uh, played in the AFC championship, and we get our butts kicked by New England 
and to go back to the Super Bowl the following year and get a chance to play against the Mighty Bears, who we had beat earlier in the season, and to really possibly win a championship. I said, man, but, man, that wasn't in the cards. And I knew it wasn't in the cards because the opening kickoff of that particular game, we fumped, we received the ball, and I don't remember the kick return. But he fumbled the kick, the opening kickoff, and they got the damn ball, and it was all downhill after that. I think they ran for, like, damn 300 and some yards on our defense. We couldn't do nothing. 85-year pro bowler, 86-year pro bowler, uh, 1,100 yards and, and 10 TDs. Um, jump to 88, you're a pro bowler again. 14 TDs, you lead the league for the second time. Um, isn't it elusive, man? You talk about that Super Bowl, and, it's, and it happened for you so early in your career, and, and you kind of think, yeah, I'm going to be in like three or four more of these. And that's why I think I – I watched today's game as a little bit older and a little wiser, a little more experienced. And, and I kind of do smile for, for whatever sport is on, whether it be a World Series, a Super Bowl, an NBA title. And I see those guys at the end when they win. And it just kind of gives me a smile like, I hope you guys appreciate how unbelievable what you did is because it's not easy. And there's a lot of great players out there from, from all sports that never got a chance to hoist that trophy. So I, I just think to myself, I'm, I'm happy for them because they just did something, you know, not only I wasn't able to do, but so many great players never end up doing it. Just, I hope you enjoy it. And I, uh, and I hope you don't take this for granted. Cause one day you'll look back and realize how special it was. No question, man. I had the opportunity last year. I went to uh, three world series games here in Houston and stuff. And I was there game six when the Braves closed them out. And I just, man, I just like, man, and I watched them on the field, man. I was thinking like, wow, I wonder what that feeling's like right there. I would have loved to have that feeling right there. Just to feel like, you know, you, you've won it all. You won't feel like you're a champion, you know? But uh, uh, like you said, a lot of those guys from, from the Astros, you know, they shouldn't take that, for granted either that they're going to be there because that's it's hard as hell to get to a damn championship round in any sports very hard or, or you would see the same or you would see the same teams going year in and year out if it was easy right you played in most of your career and i was going to save this for a little while later but but i gotta ask you playing in miami Football not being a, uh, you know, held during the summer, baseball summer. So basically, you know, we're, we're a little cold maybe on opening day if we're playing in Chicago or, or uh, Detroit, maybe late in the season, maybe October if you're in the playoffs. It could get a little chilly. Do you think in, in the NFL, when you play for the Miami Dolphins, you're always down there, always got the, the great weather. Then all of a sudden come playoff times, you've got to go to a Green Bay. You've got to go to uh, uh, a New England. Is there? Is, do you feel as if there's there's an advantage for that team that's that cold weather team that's that's used to playing in it, or is that just the moment's too big? It supersedes it. It doesn't matter. Game's a game. I, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much of an advantage that they have playing in the cold because you know what though, just like it's cold for a, a warm weather team to go play in the cold. 
it's cold for them too. I don't know if they play any better when it's colder compared to a warmer weather team, but I I can say this. I feel like that when the cold weather team comes to us early on in September, you know, and beginning of October when it's still brutally burning up down there, I think that's a that's an advantage for us because we train in that heat and humidity and I don't think that, that a cold weather team can get used to heat and humidity if they don't have it in that in their city. But I look at it like this. Cold is cold, you know. They don't really practice out in the cold because, see, now most teams now in the league got those bubbles, so they're not practicing outside in that. But I know one coach that wouldn't be going for that if he was still alive and coaching the team, Coach Shula would not go for that because Coach Shula say, wait, we play outside, so we're going to practice outside. He wouldn't even believe in, a, in a going inside for a bubble unless it was lightning up or something like that outside. But other than that, we practice outside every time. And for them to try to put a a, a, a timeline and a number on how many times you can practice in pads, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be a staunch uh supporter of that either. You know, because, you know, we we practice twice a day, you know, all training camp. So we'd be ready in the when it's for that heat when at the beginning of September when those cold weather teams will come to us because you know, that's, that's an adjustment. We Even the Raiders, when they came to us one one year and, and uh, we played them at a, a 4 o'clock game and Mike Haynes picked Marino off and went 97 yards. It was so hot and humid that day. And after he went 97 for that touchdown, he took about three series off. I saw him on the sideline over there sucking oxygen, had the oxygen mask on his face. And he didn't come back in the game for, I mean, uh, at least three series. So that 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 heat, heat and humidity can take its toll on 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 people if you're not accustomed and, and used to that. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. I remember I used to go to go play in Colorado in that altitude. Man, you hit a double or a triple in that altitude. You're not used to that. It takes That's you. Right. It takes you a while to catch your breath. I'd be standing on third base, seeing stars. Like, okay, I'm not used to running in this. So, uh, that yeah, that's true. a good that, 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 that high that, altitude that, when we go play the Broncos. That's something that we couldn't get used to. <laughs> you you can't you can't you've got to do it. It's like when you go to the mountains. You know, I I, I go hunting once in a while. And I always go up there, and I would do it during my my playing days. And, you know, I think I'm in great shape because I'm in the gym every day. I get up there and the and the guy that runs the ranch, he's like a goat. This sucker's running up and down these mountains. I think I'm in great shape and, and he's got to wait for me. And I'm going, <laughs> and, you know, he teased me. Oh, you're the athlete. You're supposed to be in great shape. You can't even keep up with me. And I'm going, I'm not used to this altitude. <laughs> I'm not used to it. But you're right. There, there, there's some great points there. You mentioned Don Shula. Uh He's kind of like a fictional character. Like, is he really real? You know, he has that lure about him. Uh, what made him so special? He's he's real, man. And I could tell you, you know, when, you know, but uh, he, what made him so special and different, man, that guy right there is such a stickler about details, man. He would, man, it, he would, he wouldn't care if you made a mistake while you played. If you're making it full speed going all out, he really wouldn't really say too much but if you're not dang on going full speed on a play and you mess the play up then he's got a problem with that i mean a serious problem um because he's go if one thing you better know about coach Shulis, he's going to have his teams well prepared Unbe- unbelievably prepared i mean you know we have uh um on the 
on like we have our offensive day like on Wednesday and defensive day on Thursday, and at the end of the defensive day on Thursday, then uh, we will finish up with the offensive series, uh, uh, offensive uh, um, set on the on the on the practice schedule that uh, they would call. We would end the practice. We would what he would say, sixteen perfect plays, right? So we would have the sixteen plays scripted. And and he wanted every last one of those sixteen plays ran perfectly. And then if you got to ten or eleven or twelve or fifteen, and you didn't run that play properly to his liking, he say, "Let's start it all over again." <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's hey, that's that's a way to live. I've had some skippers like that too. And and in the heat of the moment, you're like, "Come on, skip." We're big leaguers. Know, Let's, huh? Let us get the hell out of here. Nope, right. do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, man. So that's that's what separated him from, from the other coaches. That guy right there, I mean, he 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 said, we might get beat, but we're not going to beat because we ain't prepared and ready to play them. Yeah. 1991, uh, you're a pro bowler again. Uh over a thousand yards, received twelve <laughs> touchdowns. I want to get to ninety-three, where you make the switch. You go to Green Bay. Um, grew up in in the Dolphin system. That's that's all you've ever known, you know, since college. Uh, tough for you at the end to go to Green Bay, or it or was, was it just was just part of the game? It was very tough for me, man, because I felt like that, you know, since I had been there my whole career. You know, it wasn't no such thing as free agency then until I left uh, uh, Miami. Um, you know, we couldn't move, so I felt like that. You know, I should have been afforded to end my career right there. But you know, unfortunately, you know, that's not the nature of the business. So, uh, it, I, I, like I said, as bad as I wanted to end my career there and stay there, and and me and Dan's probably numbers would have been even better than than they than they are now. I'm sure, I'm sure, much better. But, uh, um, you know, hey, I just wanted to really see what it was like to play for another organization, another team. And I, I, I think, you know, since they, uh, they felt like that, uh, you know, our, our relationship, you know, was was not to be anymore, then I wanted to go somewhere else it's, instead of uh, 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 playing for, for something I felt like I was worth more to be paid for down there at that time. So I decided to, you know, uh, take my talent elsewhere, and um, and Gay and Green Bay was was definitely one of the one of the the teams to really step to the forefront. To to they felt like that that I could compliment Sterling Sharp there, but um, unfortunately they, that didn't happen because Brett Favre wasn't ready to to step up and be the the professional quarterback that it took to to lead an NFL organization. He was young. You know he liked to he liked to do young things and have fun and stuff. And I could totally understand that because I I was twenty three, twenty four years uh, old too at one time, and I know what I was doing and what I like to do. So who am I to 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 talk about you know what he wanted to do at that age too? You know, and and uh, eventually you know those things get old, and and you know he I think that he became a better quarterback and and put his time into the game, and it turned out for the good for him because. Ultimately, he became a Hall of Famer. So, you know, I, I enjoyed my little cup, cup of coffee stop there in Green Bay. But uh, 
I, I knew that after that year right there, I, I think the the game was no more fun for me anymore. And I and I played the game on emotions and 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 pure energy when I was out there. I I, I lived for Sunday, and when that joy right there was not in me anymore, when I start really not being excited to play on game day like I used to be, I felt like the time was right for me to walk out of the game like I walked into the game healthy. I played 11 years and no surgeries. So I felt like it was that time for me to go because if I would have stayed any longer, I felt like that uh, uh, the law of averages, something was not good, was bound to happen for me. You bring up a great point. And, and that brings me back to, to, to the time when I retired. And, uh, you know, I ended up coming out of retirement and doing it again. It was more for, for closure for me. Uh, yeah, I retired and after the 2005 season, then I, I came back for a stint and, uh, it proved to myself like, yeah, it's time. But, but I could, you know, I, I was, I was what if in myself for the, for the next year and a half going, did I walk away too early? So I had some closure and I realized, no, this is, this is time for me to retire. But you, you, you hit on a great point and that is I wasn't excited to get ready for game day. It, that passion, just what, because my whole life from when I was a little kid throwing that tennis ball against a, uh, you know, a garage door when no one would play catch with me anymore. That kid, if you don't have that same passion, man, at the highest level, you're going to get your butt kicked. And you brought up a good point. It's, it's not that you physically can't go out and do it. But you don't want to do it anymore. And it was time for you. I, I remember in 2005 going to Fenway Park. Uh, and I knew I was looking at the schedule and I'm thinking, okay, this is the last time I'm going to go to Fenway this year. This might be the last time I ever play in Fenway. It actually made me reminisce over my career because you know how it gets, uh, Mark, when we're going through our career, everything's going so fast. And and sometimes as as young men, we don't take the time to, to really look around and enjoy what we get to do for a living. We're just worried about next week. We got to play this team. I got to study the film mm -hmm. and I got to get ready for this. You know, like mm -hmm. for me, I got to I got to face so and so tomorrow. You know, I, my swing isn't right right now. I don't have time to to think, wow. My grandpa played on this field or or Babe Ruth played here, you know, but I remember that final month for me in 2005. Each place we went, I thought, wow, I'm sitting there just looking around Fenway Park. I, I was looking around Wrigley Field. I'm going, I've never I'm, there's a good chance. I'm never this can be my last time here. It's my last time here. So it was kind of like sentimental for me. Uh, did you find yeah. yourself doing that down the stretch? Like thinking this is this may be it. Because you, you end up going to the second round of the playoffs that year with Green Bay. Uh, I think I yeah. think you got beat by the Cowboys. After yeah. that game, did you have a, a moment where you kind of were walking off the field and thinking this might be the final time? Or, or had you already made that decision? No, I never thought that, Dan, at that time because I had really, hadn't really made my decision. But then, you know, once I got back to Green Bay and I was cleaning out my locker – and stuff, then that's when I start really thinking about it. And so I've, I've, I've always been a firm believer. If you start thinking about it, retirement, then you might need to go ahead and do something about that because you, you're already one foot out the door anyway. So, you know, if you're thinking about it, so, you know, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a believer that, uh, players know when they know it's time. They, they'll know. So I didn't, I didn't want to start really thinking about that way before 
I had to, but once I started cleaning out my locker, I felt like that that was I had a, I had had enough then because I didn't want I didn't want to do it anymore. I knew that. You retired after that season, 582 receptions, 89-74 uh, on the yards yards line, and uh, 86 career touchdowns. What a pretty uh, pretty awesome career. Um, I've had uh, a buddy of mine lives down lives in the same part of town I live in. Uh, Andre Reed, great great wide receiver. Oh yeah, that's Bill. my boy right there. Eighty three, yeah, man. yeah, number eighty three. Great player. Uh, I've known Andre for years. We we lived in the same neighborhood when we were playing in in Florida, and then we just happened to 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 be in the same place in the San Diego area. Um, and I've talked to him a lot about that that the wide receiver and that come right. You had a, you had a great uh, partner. If, if I can call it that in duper uh, two great wide receivers is. The, and the question I always have is, was there enough balls? Was there much enough passes to go around for the both of you? If you got two great receivers on one team, does that take away from the other? Does it make, Make it easier? Does it make it hard? They can't double team both of you. Uh, explain that the nuances of that relationship when you got two two great wideouts. I, I think it, I think it it can work out. You know where you know both people can can be fed. You know and be satisfied. But uh, we already knew it was it was made way more than than Duper myself, man, because we had that oh Joe Rose, Bruce Hardy, Matt Moore. I mean, Jimmy Cephalo, it was, it had to be many balls to be spread around. You know, Duper and I kid about this today. We say, you know, I can't, I can only imagine how many targets we would get in this day and age right now because we knew back then that we would, if we got, if we got seven targets, eight targets in the game, that was a lot then. And so, you know, you just feel like that that at the most that you're really going to get is like maybe five or six. So, man, I'm thinking I got to take advantage of, of every opportunity I get. And the same with him also. And and uh, um, like you said, they, they couldn't double us both. Well, they did. <laughs> they did double <laughs> us both. But, you know, hey, but sometimes and stuff, you know, when they, they would be focused on one or the other, then the other one would kill them. So... You know, but it, it worked out to be a, a we had a, a great working relationship. You know, we're very good friends. I just played in Duper's golf tournament um, Saturday. Just got back from from Marksville, where he's from, Louisiana. And uh, uh, man, me, him, and Nat Moore was there. So man, we uh, played golf with them uh, Friday and Saturday. Man, uh, we we're still brothers, man. And and you know, man, I, I have number love for those guys, man. And I and I enjoyed that our our, our paths they they cross one another. Two thousand three, you're honored in the Ring of Honor. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins, you get that phone call. You know, you probably the writing was on the wall. You probably knew what what you had done and, and accomplished as a Dolphin that that you were going to be. But when you actually get the call and say, "Hey, we're going to honor you," what was that like for you? Still, you still is it still that that uh, cool of a phone call? Yeah, yeah, it was, man. And you know, and 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 they and they was they had did something like they had never done before. They had only put in like one guy at a time. They asked me, Hey, you were thinking about putting you and Duper up at the same time. Do you mind and stuff? So, you know, because, 
you know, that's an individual uh, accolade, and they want to see if it was okay with, you know, sharing the limelight again. I say, hey, why not, man? We're, we're linked. You know, it, it's only right. I think that that we should go up there together. And they and they put Dan, they put Dan right in the center. And they put both of us on each side of Dan. So we yeah, made is, that even even cooler. <laughs> that is that is that is a cool cool thing. Um, 2005, and I thought this was awesome. Uh, it, you know, and doing my prep work for Mark Clayton, I thought this was cool. Uh, the 2005 Marino's Hall of Fame. During his speech, uh, you caught a pass from him at the event. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. That I is really had, cool. Once no again, you're linked. All you guys are linked. You're linked with Duper. You're da- linked with Marino forever. That's right. That's right. That's right. We we are. We all are intertwined with one another. So, you know, we, we, we did some special things together, so it's rightfully so that we be uh, intertwined with one another. You talk about the Hall of Fame, and, and definitely you're, you're on the cusp. You know, those numbers, are they're pretty tough to argue with. Um, you still think about it one day? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I, I feel like, you know, that would be the crescendo on my career right there. You know, uh, uh, since I didn't win a Super Bowl, then that would be the icing up on my cake right there for my career. And you know what, though? I I, I feel like that uh, um, not only do I deserve it, I feel like I belong there because, you know, you know, my, my colleagues, my uh, people that I played against that are in there, you know, they constantly tell me that, you know, hey, man, I should be in there and I should be in there. And, and that really means more to me than anything by not being in there right now. But those guys, you know, they're for me. I've got guys to write letters for me and stuff. I jump proactive. So, you know, maybe God willing, hopefully uh, um, it, it'll be soon. Biggest moment in your career, if you have one. Biggest moment in my career was um, uh, playing in the Super Bowl. Playing in the Super Bowl. And then after that, well, I'll say being drafted, first of all, and then playing in the Super Bowl. But, oh, man, and, and my teammates that I've had, man, have been just just amazing, man. I just I, – I, I wouldn't trade it any of those guys for anything, man. I had some great teammates. Mark Clayton, uh, it's been a pleasure, man, having you on the, the Boone podcast. I uh, wish you all the best. Uh, you got my vote. You know, hopefully I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking up one day. They're going to say, yep, Mark Clayton's being elected to the, into the football hall of fame this summer. It's been a real honor having you on the Boone, Boone podcast. And what we do each and every Boone podcast at the end of the podcast, we kick it to the voice of the podcast, Dan Levy, Dan. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on the podcast, sir. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Brett. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man, and you have a blessing. That's going to do it for the Brett Boone Podcast. My name is Dan Levy, the technical director, producer, voice of the Boone Podcast. EP, executive producer, Rich Herrera Digital. All gets uploaded by Liz Landry. Do us a favor, share the Boone Podcast. Neighbors and friends and all those that love sports, make sure you subscribe. 
never miss an episode. And while you're at it, give us a five-star rating and share your feelings about the podcast by leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to the show. For all of us here on The Boone Podcast, he is Brett Boone. You can find him on social media at the Boone 29 I'm Dan Levy, B-A-S-S on air. That is base on air, all of my social medias. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again soon. Have a great one.